0: Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money.
1: This is an unusual week for us because once again it's one of those holiday weeks where it's shortened, <laughs> so it's a four-podcast week. But you need to get used to this. <laughs> you need you need to get used to it because there will be a couple of weeks when there are no new weekday podcasts, because for the first time in many, many years, Don McDonald is going to take some time off
2: during the week. Okay. Everybody get their violins ready to play. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm just saying
1: that uh, because Tom has no idea how to edit the audio or video. I, I,
2: I have said this publicly. If it's my podcast, I just record something and put it out in the world. There you go. Good okay. luck. I, but here's the problem. There would be nothing. He doesn't even know how to put it out in the world. No, I don't know.
1: <laughs> he would go, okay, so <laughs> what, who do I mail do this I to? <laughs> who do I mail this to?
2: And since my computer's so lame, I think I had to get – no, I still see it there. I thought I had to X out GarageBand anyway, so I he's wouldn't gonna, know what he's to do.
1: Because he, he does know what a thumb drive is, but he's going to try yeah, to put do. it in a fax machine or something.
2: Yeah. Can <laughs> I fax this to somebody? Come on, read it, dude. Thick. It's a podcaster. Yeah, so, read it. Okay. Yeah,
1: so, yeah. given that fact that literally you are <laughs> yeah, looking, thank at the you two for the warning. people who Create thank this podcast. Yeah. And I'm the one who does all the behind the scenes stuff that, that you will be. Much. You will be listening to a. I'm going to give you some best ofs. I yeah, guess. Sure. Yeah. Um.
2: How about a static picture of me just sitting here while the best of it, is
1: playing? Ain't happening. Okay. No. <laughs> so. Don't want to make people sad. Over their okay. summer break.
2: <laughs> With me just sitting here by just myself. Like, oh my. he, he looks so I
1: pathetic. That it's would like, be sad. It would
2: be sad. Okay. Hi, welcome to
1: Talking Real Money. Don McDonald here in Florida. Tom Cock there in uh, Woodenville, Washington. Good day. Actually, I'm in Celebration, Florida. So if we
2: want to get really specific. Technically, Celebration, I'm in Maltby, Washington, which I plan to be mayor of someday. Is, is Maltby be really a
1: town? Is no, it a real town? No, but that,
2: that's think... why you can be mayor of Maltby and nobody cares. Like, okay. That's the mayor of Maltby. Okay. Because there's so, a guy who runs around and pretends he's the mayor. So You know,
1: we have the problem here. Celebration is not a real town. So we have oh. to put Kissimmee. Actually, technically, we're in Kissimmee.
2: I thought it's Celebration a was a Mickey place. Mouse operation, but I didn't know it wasn't even a town. Come on. It's dude. not a
1: town. All right. It's not a real it's town. It's a funny, census yes, designated sorry. place. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, today's topic. Yes. Something that comes up with a lot of folks uh, as they get to retirement. Yeah. Or actually, even before retirement, often when you change jobs, you go from one, you leave an employer, go to another employer. You are likely to be inundated with sales pitches requesting that you move your 401k into an IRA with a somebody who calls themselves a financial advisor but who is probably a stockbroker or could even be heaven forbid an insurance agent selling you an annuity which is the by far the worst product you could ever put into a qualified retirement plan it's the dumbest thing for qualified retirement plans ever and i say that without fear of equivocation because i challenge and i this challenge has existed for years i challenge you insurance people to tell me how your variable annuity is superior to just using mutual funds in an IRA or four hundred one k. Tell me, tell me how
2: they Come make on. more money with the aforementioned. That, that, yeah, but
1: how is it better for the client? Oh, the client. Where are the client's boats? Got uh, it. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So we we care about the clients. Yeah, about your boats, and the the <laughs> Department of Labor in Washington D.C. has been trying and trying to care about the client. Over and over again. It was, you know, several years ago. They put in place.
2: Several. It was 2008 when all this started. I think this is 2022, my friend. Really? Was it that long ago? That's out of the 2008 crisis. <sighs> this is where some of this stuff came from. Past Congress, like 2009. I'm getting so old. And then, of course, they rolled but, that but wait, back. wait, I didn't and finish what it was. Yes, we didn't talk about okay, when tell won, them what yet. it was yet. Tell them what they won. They, they didn't win.
1: Oh, the Department okay. of Labor tried to shove through a fiduciary requirement that mm. truly... Everyone who manages a qualified retirement plan would have to absolutely act in the client's best interest. Well, guess who had a hissy fit? The The industry, industry, the insurance industry, they had a hissy, they had a hissy. So that kind of went by the wayside. So now we've got a new rule that is flipping in, uh, like right about now. it's not that good but it 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 does focus our attention on this business of moving a perfectly good 401k and matter of fact maybe a very good qualified retirement plan into a mediocre or worse ira with some broker who's going to take a big fat commission or some huge fees
2: the department of labor Requires specific considerations when making rollover recommendations. It also requires a written disclosure to the client outlining why the recommendation was in the best interest of the client.
1: Okay, but, but, but they already require a lot of written disclosures. Form ADV, uh, the uh, form BI, does anybody read them?
2: No, no one reads them. And in this case, they're supposed to show you, okay, here's what you're in. They're supposed to actually Mm -hmm. look at the plan that you're in today and then say, here's why it's better to move the money to us. Oh, but that's right. Then they also have a a way, a sneaky way around this, of course, that allows them still to sell you into wonderful sell. They can actually still sell you into products where they collect a commission. That doesn't sound like... How do they justify those? i just reading what they said, my friend. Um, There's the... They called it a carve-out. They figured a carve-out into the whole thing that allows the people that sell stuff still to sell the stuff.
1: So who wielded the carve-out knife, hmm. do we think?
2: Just take a wild guess that not only the securities industry, but probably the insurance, insurance. industry. Yeah.
1: So because still- these are two industries that thrive, that survive, but they also thrive, who absolutely need to be able to not always tell the truth. If they were required to always verbally and in writing tell you the truth about the things they were selling you and doing to you, they'd be out
2: of business. Yeah. And so guess who is stuck holding the bag here again? Clients. You. Yeah. You podcast listeners, you videocast you viewers. Listeners. You're stuck. You're hold, you up. Wait a minute. You've got you to protect, protect yourself because, because this truly is, is the caveat emptor. I mean, this industry is. But let's step back one more step to figure out why you would want to move your money. How much further money. back should I go? That'll is that keep far going. I'd say another two okay. for you. Farther. One more big step, right back there. off the stairs. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about. Let's talk about why you would want to move your money from. A retirement plan at work, you know, four hundred one k, four four three b, four fifty seven, to an individual retirement account, because it's not clear cut. It doesn't always make sense to move money from the what they would call an ERISA plan, that would be the one through work, to a. I call them the wild, wild west because you see so much junk that people get sold into. But let's talk about some of the reasons. The reasons why you would want to do it are generally that when the money comes out of the 401k and goes into an IRA, you have better access. It's easier every day because we're in this business every day. And let me tell you, when you have to call the retirement system. Uh, and I don't care what company you generally spend hours on hold. You don't always get the result you want. It's difficult. It's difficult to move the money from the plan into your bank account. It's okay. just easier when you have it in an IRA. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it just it, 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 it's simpler. Look, I'm going to go with that one. I okay. think
1: we're, we'll get to the negatives, I
2: assume, soon. I got the negatives. The yeah, yeah, I got the list. You're doing the positive. Yeah, I'm with you. The other one is that the other positive is done correctly. You should have better investments and better diversification. Most of the plans that we see, Don, you know this. They have large U.S. companies. They might get into smaller mid. They don't really have much value. They generally only have a little tiny bit of international.
1: But now you added that little caveat in there, that little qualifier, if done properly. Now, Tom, let's be, let's be. Totally frank. Instead of being Tom, let's be Frank and Frank. We'll just <laughs> be the Franks. Yeah. Let's be Frank. um You, you've seen a lot of plans created by other financial advice providers. Mm-hmm. How many of those? What percentage of those, which you guess, are done properly?
2: Wow, that is. A, I'd, I'll I'll go with under twenty five percent.
1: Right. That so the are odds really are done good. Right. Yeah. The odds are good that you will not get a plan. That's that is true. done properly. You're going to get a plan that is is poorly created. So therefore, that may not apply. That's only going to apply in maybe 20 to 30 yeah, percent of the cases.
2: It might. And so, again, it's up to you to know that. But and that brings me to the third reason that you should. And that is generally not always. Because there's some great plans out there like the TSP that has exceedingly low expenses. But there are many plans we look at that have very high expenses. So done properly, you should be moving from a plan where the cost of the the mutual funds you're in is fairly high to one where they, you can use exchange-traded funds or other products where the costs are extremely low. So you should be moving from higher expense products to lower it. No guarantee, as you say, Don, because there's a lot of really bad stuff out there, but you should be. So if you
1: have uh, an actively managed 401k or 403b, or you have a 403b with annuities in it, uh, and you have high fee funds, and someone is putting together the right kind of portfolio, and that portfolio has lower cost funds, of course it makes sense, right?
2: Indeed. Again, that's up to you to know, but let's talk about why not to do these rollovers. First of all, as I said at the beginning, if you don't know anything about the investments and how this business works, you will be taken advantage of. I can, I'll can, i say it. It's going to be more than 50% of the time that they it, will be sold into something that you don't need, the aforementioned annuity. You'll be moved into high expense mutual funds. You'll be moved into things that the advisor thinks make good sense for the advisor and not for you. Number two, fees can be higher. We've seen people that have moved their TSP or been told to move their TSP, the thrift savings plan operated by the U.S. government. To very high expense funds, and they don't realize that they're going to be paying that. Moving to almost
1: any funds out of the TSP is going to increase your expense ratio because they are so inexpensive.
2: The only challenge you have with the TSP is they don't have all the diversification that I would like you to see. But And that brings me to the, the last point about why not to do the rollover. You either need to know yourself or you need to know somebody that you really can trust that is a 100% fee-only fiduciary, period. End of story. Because otherwise, I think the, the, the saying goes something like this. Uh, if you don't know anything about investing, Wall Street's a very expensive place to get a lesson. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the truth. That's what and we see this all. And as you mentioned at the beginning of this program. When you are at that moment of moving the money, you are extremely vulnerable. Everybody is going to be at your door because you are a target and they want that money.
1: Oh, yeah. When there are big uh, retirement buyouts going on, like happened in the Seattle area with Boeing uh, not too long ago, the, the industry knows about those. And they are buying up lists, trying to find every Boeing employee they can find and get their foot in the door. And try to sell you something that's gonna. I my Hi, you lost a five twenty nine. What? what is, uh,
2: this is this is my. What did you say? What
1: happened? To you he lost guy? his 529 oh, five twenty nine plan. Oh, his five. Wait, I going to take this from him. <laughs> All right, you go along now. Go. What, wait, I, did I, you mess up his five twenty nine? Did you put it in loaded funds? I.
2: Thanks, Eli. That's Eli, Hey, Eli. My Eli. Eli he, it's he called left. a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> Ponzi. <laughs> he, he, he must have looked at his five twenty nine balance at the end so of his the statement. Half wasn't year happy. And said, "Wow, well, it's down. This is bad. It's down." Yeah, he's mad at me. Hey, so hey,
1: hey, Eli. Tell your dad to put it all in bonds. Something safe. <laughs> I,
2: I'm not his dad, for one thing. Or Number your two, granddad,
1: granddad. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Number two, I you I have so not, many young children. I just get true. it all confused. I,
2: I have, and, and by the way, I, I take re- investing recommendations from few people, especially not him. I love the guy, but not, anyway, so you're 529. We'll put him 20 up to all that. Right. All right, we'll, you're 529. We'll put now. him up to that. My guess is my daughter, but we'll find out later. <laughs> anyway, um, funny, very funny. So, but back to where we were <laughs> all serious. So, if he, but he's not going to be the only one to complain about returns after the first half of the year, is my sense. But I didn't think I'd take it on the home front for crying out loud. Ah, uh, you lost my train of thought. You really? Gotta, you you. This is this is a classic case where again you have to be on top of your game. You're vulnerable. You need to know something about all this, and you can't just blindly trust the person that we have talked about. You know, from church, I know, or from but work you still. Whatever.
1: We can't say it enough. No, we you can't. You have to Don't. ask the tough questions. Yep. This is not a friendship. That's why. Good point. We keep saying. Yeah, we realize, and we say it over and over again when you call, we go, I bet your broker is just mm. so nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just so nice. I can't ask hard questions. They're so nice. They invited me out to dinner. They, You know, we hang out together at the club. We're, we're in church together. They're so nice. They wouldn't do anything bad to me. Yeah, they would. Yeah. Yeah, they would. And they do. We and they do. We see relations do it to each other. And the fact of the matter is, they're so good. Convincing themselves that this stuff is good, that they don't even know they're doing badly for you,
2: and especially after they've done it for a long time, many of these people have been in the industry for twenty-five or thirty years, and they've done it the same way for twenty-five or thirty years, and they think that's okay. They don't know that the world has changed dramatically, dramatically in the last. So you have to ask tough questions. Mm -hmm. Are
1: you always one hundred percent of the time required to act as my fiduciary in my best interest? Don't say too loud.
2: Eli will be back in here if they
1: say yes. Say, uh, Eli, get it in writing.
2: You, you probably want it from me in get writing. It now. In
1: writing, <laughs> ask your grandfather if he's always required to act as your fiduciary. The fact of the matter is, I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> so you have true. grounds for a lawsuit. Oh no! Wait, isn't this... your brother a lawyer? Oh, don't hey, tell him, Eli, call your
2: great uncle. <laughs> this is the this is the end of the program, my friend. The I program's mean, the over. End of the program. This is it. You I'm just got to
1: take care of yourself. That's All the right. message. Yeah. And, and make sure if you are going to do something with your 401k, that you're getting into a better place as opposed to a worse place and that there are benefits to it for you. And in a lot of cases, well, too many cases, there are not
2: benefits. No, that's very true. Fair enough. Uh, do
1: you have questions that you would like to get answered on Talking Real Money? Well, we want to answer them. Our phone number is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. You can call that number 24 hours a day. So please stop in. Or if you'd like, you can send your questions in at TalkingRealMoney.com. And that's how this person did in response to a recent episode of Talking Real Money. Yes. The episode was number 990 entitled Growth to Value to ARK. K- k- growth to Value A- to R- A-R-K-K,
2: k, I'm assuming. K, the okay. ARK Innovation oh, Fund. Got it. So, not arc,
1: We yeah. do read your responses. Yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. Subject. No, I'm not even going to read the subject. We'll get to the subject. It's in the body. <laughs> yeah. This one's pretty much to me, Tom. We'll see if he stands up for me or not don't know it's going to
2: unlikely happen.
1: and unlike particularly after the whole Eli thing, mm-hmm. Don, I love your podcast and all of the great information you provide. This is from like my hometown. <laughs> it's in Colorado for, for a while now you have uh, fairly consistently bashed Kathy wood. <laughs>
2: oh, it's Kathy wood of the infamous arc, arc Fund.
1: Fun. Yeah. And that's the connection. Got it. Interestingly, I have yet to hear what she did to make you hate her so much you know, uh, Dave Ramsey didn't do anything, and I don't like him much either. <laughs> uh, I don't like Susie Orman. She never did anything to me. If you would, on a future show, this is the future show, sir, please provide some history on what, what caused this obsession with her. I don't, I don't think I'm obsessed with her. Appears uh, your hatred for Kathy Wood is clouding your view on ARKK. Uh, other way around. My view on ARKK influences my opinion of Kathy Wood. I would imagine most, as I do, agree ARKK is probably not a good investment vehicle for your retirement funds. Okay, we're good there. However, you know, I've heard you say it on your podcast people invest for a variety of reasons. Okay. For a young person willing to assume significantly higher risk to achieve their goal of early financial independence, ARKK might be just what they need for a portion of their portfolio. Although extremely volatile, it provides the opportunity for significantly higher returns in the short term. Yet, as you pointed out in your recent podcast, long term returns are just shy of the well diversified VTI the Vanguard total U.S. ETF,
0: 11.1
1: to 10.3 over five years. Yeah, the VTI, when I mentioned it, was had returned 11.1% per year uh, versus 10.3% per year for five years for the ARC fund. And
2: at lower volatility. Got, got, wait,
1: wait, wait. Let's not go there yet. Hold on. I'm gonna Would love to hear the background on your relationship with Cass, Kathy <laughs> Wood, how it soured so badly. Mm. Thanks.
2: Okay, so they're hoping for, like, a TMZ episode yeah, or something so. and a video of you at the high school prom where she we, stood you up or something?
1: We are the same age. We did really? not go to high school together. No,
2: is she, she's that she's old?
1: 66, I think, or 67.
2: I, I had no idea. We're about okay. the same age.
1: So we did, but we did not go. She's from Southern California, and okay. I, sir, am from where you are, Colorado. So, so there's we have no, no connection there. Yeah, no I, I have never in my life met Kathy Wood. I have seen her on television. Um, I have watched her fund, but the reason we talk about Kathy Wood is because she has gotten so much press. That's the big reason. She's
2: become, and
1: Tom's. This was Tom's idea. She's become what,
2: Tom? Well, she's become truly the poster child for active management. Now, those of you who've followed our work for twenty-five or thirty years know. We don't believe in active management. We can't find any reason to use active management to try to find a stock picker or market timer or anybody who says, here's what the future looks like, because they underperform. They might have periods of time where they do great, like Ms. Wood did, and then they revert to the, the middle, if you Revert will.
1: to the mean. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning so, that.
2: Yeah. That is
1: the point. The reason that we uh, criticize People like Wood, and we've criticized other active managers in the past who have been the hot hands at any given time. The reason we use her as the poster child for active management is because she had the hottest hand in 2021.
2: Was it and 2021 or 2020? Wait, I need everybody, to look. Now. Yeah, well, I think I'd have to go back to look at the years. And, and everybody, everybody was piling into the fund after it had gone and, up. After, After it had already gone we've, up. Run, we've given you the numbers on what that meant. It, it's significant because people have a tendency to do this. And then guess what? They write it, it was down.
1: The, it was the hottest fund in 2020. Okay. It was up 152%. That's right. That's right. In 2020, 152% in that one year, which made it the talk of the town. Everybody wanted to be in ARC. K- and in 2021, in 2021, which was a good year. Not great, but good for the that rest of the market.
2: Year. Yeah, it was. Her fund lost twenty three percent, and then in twenty twenty two,
1: it's gone down about sixty percent, fifty eight percent.
2: So again, it's not personal. We we no. don't we don't. And it, if it sounds that way, it shouldn't. We only we only we only get worked up about it because we care about you, people listening to the podcast. We don't want you to get sucked in by the next Kathy Wood. There'll be another one. There'll be another one. There'll be a, this comes up. There's somebody that has a hot hand. They have a great idea that works maybe for a period of time. And then as soon as you pile your money into it, it doesn't work. So, right. no, Don is no personal no, animus and, and towards you what to the matter is
1: we, we look at funds, you know, and this has been the fact over and over again. This information you can get from Standard & Poor's, by the way, through their Standard & Poor's index versus active survey they do twice a year. They have found over and over again that around 80-some-odd percent of active managers do not beat their index over long periods of time, well, even short periods of time, even a year. But out to 5 and 10 and 15, the numbers get horrible. And for Kathy Wood and her fund, ARK Innovation, her index, against which she's measured,
2: has, the 100 has the gained
1: 9 per year over the past five years. Her fund has gained 8.26% over that period. But her fund, and this is what Tom was getting to, her fund, not just riskier, not just a little riskier. You're not just taking a little more risk for the potential of a higher return, and I don't buy that it's even that. You're taking about two and a half times the risk.
2: Yeah, and let me just finish the thought on this, because I think the suggestion in the email is, or the note, that somehow you might do this on a short-term basis. In other words, I'd pile into it, I'd make a lot of money and get out of it. Get out of the right time. You have yeah. no idea when to do that, sir. You have no idea when to buy it. You have no idea when to sell it. When You would have been would selling have it, sell when it when everybody said, i got to get I in this get fund. I guarantee that, because, again, we know the behavior around these things. We've seen it so many times. And they had people had so little money
1: in the fund prior to two, late 2019, there was a huge, huge, huge spike in 2020 uh, of people pouring in as their performance yeah. just went through the roof. But I've run the numbers and those people who came in in 2019 and 2020, those every one of those people who bought in during that period, every one of them in aggregate lost money. Now, were there a few who bought it in 2019 and sold it right away, traded it in 2020. Sure. Yeah, But I bet it wasn't the majority because the no. money just kept
2: pouring in. So it, we knew it, it wasn't was. the majority. And I've got to go. Eli's leaving and I got to wait, go. Wait, wait, wait. I got one him. more
1: thing. I've got another great investment for you before you get out of here.
2: Another great investment. You're not going <laughs> to believe this investment. <laughs> I'll take it. You ready? It. Yeah.
1: What if I gave you an investment that could turn Two or three hundred dollars. Well, no, I'll take that back. Turn zero dollars yeah. into ten thousand dollars instantly.
2: I'll send you the money. All you need oh, to do I don't send is,
1: is go to Grand Rapids, Michigan.
2: Yeah, I've been get there. on a
1: get on an overbooked Delta flight. OK. OK. Apparently something about Grand Rapids. I don't know what the magic is, but apparently in a, on a, a recent flight out of Grand Rapids. Delta Airlines offered eight passengers $10,000 <laughs> cash <laughs> to, to, to get, get off, the, off plane. the
2: plane. Wow, okay.
1: Well, they even said if you have Apple Pay, it will be in your account immediately. Wow. If okay. you will get your butts off of our plane,
2: and you can get your butt off the plane the way Jerry Ford did because they still have that, uh, that that thing you used to walk up. You could tumble down the side of it right there yeah. because they have well, that. They, that, that right. I, I guess they're going to come say goodbye because. Oh, you know, they're, they're all right. Gonna, you,
1: you go say goodbye to your kids. I'll finish. Are you, Okay. Do you know you're on the, the show, right?
2: You're on the show, right? You know that, right? Yeah. He doesn't did you sign the uh,
1: the the proper? Uh,
2: <laughs> did you sign the release release forms? Did you find, says, did you sign yeah, the release? He's just a nice guy. His brother doesn't want to come in though, so he's the shy. Is one. your
1: brother? Is your brother a chicken?
2: <laughs> he's not a chicken. He's shy. Chicken, he's shy. So I got to go with these guys because they're leaving. All so. right, I'll wrap up the show. Yeah, thank you, uh,
1: thank no, Good thank you, all. thank <laughs> you for being there and all the family. And uh, if you want some some greater help, the great this is the greater help theory. Uh, if you want some greater help, uh, go to vestry.com, set up an appointment with one of our advisors. It's free. It's easy. No high-pressure sales pitch. Just go to vestry.com. Thanks for being there. I hope you're having a great 4th of July week if you're listening to this in the days after the 4th of July. Uh, I'm Don McDonald. I guess I don't know who that other guy is. He's not there anymore. Uh, he's hanging out with the kids, but I I am devoted to to talking real money